0: Just go to Indeed.com slash wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We're answering listener questions on Roto viz Radio. What's up, Roto Biz? To the Rotoviz Fantasy Football Show, I'm Dave Cabin alongside Curtis Patrick. We are two of the owners here at Rotoviz, coming with the second show of the week, back into the swing of things. I'm fired up as always for these episodes, Curtis, because I always enjoy answering these listener questions. It's fun to get to apply all of the research, everything that's happening to the site, to these actual, uh, real. Life teams, how are you doing tonight?
2: Doing fine, man. I was uh speaking of applying, I, I got have you seen the uh the innovation that's occurred with just like a Bic lighter lately? So they did one of the
1: <laughs> I have not, so, no, this is out okay. of nowhere. Well, but I, I wasn't really <laughs> paying attention
2: to your lead in because I was yeah. like looking at my looking at this lighter go, uh, I just lit a candle uh in the studio here. They added, they added this little stem on the top of the Bic lighter. Yep. So like when you have a, a candle that burns down yep. and then you're like, you know, trying to cram your fist down into that thing and light it, or then you turn the candle upside down and try to light it and the wax drips on you. And then it, I mean, but you don't always want the big long trigger thing that won't fit in your drawer. You can't put that in your pocket. So they just added the little stem to the, the little pocket size Bic. I mean, that's good innovation. So um. Yeah, shout out shout out to uh to Bic for uh continuously improving their their product line. Um I don't know what what was the lead-in about? We're talking dynasty.
1: No, 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 that's not even that wasn't even the lead-in. I was talking about <laughs> <but> before we <laughs> before we get to that, I, I want to inquire as to what uh, scent that candle is.
2: Oh yeah, man. Uh it's vanilla tobacco, which oh, is that's interesting. Oh man, it's one of the it's just a top notch. If you find that combo, you know, if your wife's anything like mine, she'd go into Marshall's or whatever, you know, like eight times a week. So if she sees vanilla tobacco, she's got to bring it home.
1: Well, so my wife actually recently came home with a, with another interesting innovation in the candle world. I had not seen this before, but she got this. It smells awesome. It's like a coffee shop scent, but the actual like wick is made of wood. Oh yeah. There, when you it light, crackles. It, it crackles. Yes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Those are great. Uh, yeah. yeah, those are great. I've, I've, I think we've only had one. It put off a little bit of smoke, which annoyed my wife when you like first light oh, it. Yeah. It's super cool. And and it does give it a little bit of, uh, uh more of a campfire vibe. I really like them. I would, if it were up to me, we would still have some. So nice. Yeah. Good find by Mrs. Cabin.
1: Yes. All right. So the reason we are here today is not to Candle discuss talk. Candles. Yeah. Zach Kruger, I believe, is a big candle user, too. He, he, if he's out there... Is he me, really? Oh, yeah. Loves candles. Loves candles. Oh, that's great. So, you know, that's maybe great. one time we can get him on and we'll just do a candle episode. Um, Let's make it our
2: fire takes episode.
1: <laughs> yes. Yes. I see what you did there. I like it. Uh, Curtis, I don't know how to transition this nicely. Let's uh, just hit an <coughs> FPC stat attack. My FFPC stat at the tack today <laughs> revolves around DK Metcalf. Uh, I was looking at some of his, in light of a keeper question, which I'm, I'm very interested in getting to, I was looking at some of his advanced stats. Uh, and the thing I noticed about him and Tyler Lockett that I think is noticeable or notable, DK was top 10 in a number of advanced metrics. Uh, top 10 with... Not, it, in air yards per game intended air yards at 98 also top 10 in routes per targets uh but what you will see is that both he and tyler lockett were both in the uh like 470 range for total routes run by and large the exception to most players in the top 10 in routes run with most guys getting into the 600 range like digs Jefferson, Hollywood. So this is all important when we keep in mind the fact that these were players that had to be efficient with those looks from Russell Wilson, because they just were not seeing that many targets this year. We have the change, um, to right now, Geno Smith or drew lock, which if that doesn't, you know, instill confidence in, you, in your ability uh, for your wide receivers, then I don't know what does. Uh, so this is a buildup that we will get to in the keeper question. Um, But key takeaway here, uh, we could have some rough sailing ahead for DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett, a player that Curtis has historically liked. So we will get into that. Uh, But reminder, Curtis, tell people about the freemium email and how they can get uh, a little bonus there at uh, the FFPC.
2: Oh, yeah. So uh, whether you're looking to get into their best ball contests or play a dynasty league, whatever, uh, you can get $25 for free with your first deposit at FFPC. All you got to do is click on the FFPC link and any of the freemium emails that go out uh, from me a couple of times a week and just make your first deposit, create a new account at myffpc.com and, and you'll it'll automatically be uh, added to your account when you join your first contest. So nice little benefit there for our, our uh faithful subscribers. And it is free. To sign up for our our premium email, even if you're not a Rotaviz subscriber to the site, I'm convinced that if you uh, see some of the teasers of the articles and some of the other cool things that that we put in the emails, that you're going to want to subscribe. Uh, but you can sign up for free. Just go to our homepage, scroll down uh, to the bottom of the homepage, and you can enter your information there and get added to our list. Um, one other thing that I wanted to mention, Dave, I see DJ Moore on there. Yep in that in that top ten there, and uh, you know DJ Moore unlike DK Metcalf or, or Tyler Lockett though, he's going to start with a little bit of a disappointment at quarterback. At least we can paint a little bit of a, a picture to where maybe things would improve depending on what you think about, you know, Matt Corral. And I I was certainly banking on Carolina investing in quarterback. That's why like over on underdog DJ Moore was my, one of my top five exposures in, uh, the big board qualifier, the, the early best ball tournament over there. Um, I'm softening that investment a little bit moving forward because his ADP hasn't moved, but I am hoping for you know maybe a late September you know three games is enough type sc- scenario with Sam Darnold and, and a switch to Matt Corral uh, for for DJ Moore. I think that'd be you know pretty exciting because we see him up in that 580 to 600 range in terms of of routes run. You know he had almost 10 targets a game. He has like the type of overall raw opportunity. Uh, that we would want for a receiver to to maybe recover some of this. It's just the air yards conversion itself uh, was the was the you know metric that was really holding him down. But you can uh, you can play over on Underdog uh, with our partnership as well and get a hundred bucks uh, with your hundred dollar deposit. That's good in any increment of ten, starting at ten dollars. So just go to Underdog dot com. Use our promo code RotoVis Dave. Let's get into this keeper discussion.
1: Oh uh, yeah, but before we do, I want to mention if you head over to YankeeCandle dot com. <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh boy oh boy potential so sponsors hey yes. they, they say that the most pure uh the most pure marketing is you know for the products that you already use yourself that's yeah. why it's very natural for us to talk about FFPC and underdog but candles does feel like a low-key opportunity here you don't have to I have to work the lines here and see what we can do.
1: Well, we have we have some listeners in high places. So, you know, who knows who we have connected <laughs> to uh, some candle company out there. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh I love keeper questions. I don't know if I've mentioned that before. I always think they're a really fun way to think about a couple of players um in isolation. This question comes in from a gentleman named Matthew, Dave and Curtis, love your show. I'm in a 14-team PPR Keeper League, only one keeper, eight starters per team, one quarterback, mm-hmm. one running back, two wide receiver, one tight end, one flex, DST, and kicker. Coming off a, in caps, very bad, disappointing season, went money ball at quarterback and came up snake eyes, Fitz Magic, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields. Traded Kirk Cousins midseason to try and salvage something, but it was too late. Good news is I have some keepers worth considering, mainly at wide receiver. His options are DK Metcalf, Devonta Smith, and Jerry Judy at running back. He has Antonio Gibson and Elijah Mitchell. He's leaning towards DK because of his week-to-week upside, but Drew Locke slash Geno Smith, pretty ugly uh, like Devonta and Judy, but both are in crowded wide receiver rooms, boom slash bust week-to-week needs some help uh, in advance of the time that he needs to put these in, which is still for a while, but I wanted to get to the question. Uh, Curtis, I will let you share your thoughts. I think I know where I'm headed here, though.
2: Okay, so 14 teams, and we're only starting eight players per week. Yep. Um, but those eight players also include your defense and your kicker. So you're only starting six position players per week. This is a super shallow league. I mean, just super shallow. So you should be keeping the player with the highest overall upside. I think there's only two candidates here that are realistic. Um, So the the two candidates, I know he listed Devante and Judy. Those are not my candidates. My candidates would be DK and Judy. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and here, here are the cases uh, for, for that. Number one, you have to start two wide receivers, and you only have to start one running back. So the only, you, I guess, another way of saying you, you could start even three wide receivers since you have a flex opportunity here. Um, I think the way to either a win the flex or to gain any level of positional advantage is going to be through the wide receivers on your squad. So that eliminates the quarterbacks and the running backs with DK. The team probably won't go get, get a quarterback. Um, they've said they want to sign DK long term, um, but you know, you could, you could make the op- you know the option of I guess, keeping it this player beyond 2022. And if I was just going to look at it from a pure dynasty standpoint, I would still have DK as the highest valued asset of all those listed here, though the outlook, you know, for the reasons that, that Matt mentioned, um, is on the downward trajectory. However, non-zero chance that DK is traded um, this offseason if they can't reach some sort of contract extension um, ag- agreement. So, you know, that would obviously change things for him. And then I think just the week-to-week touchdown upside still would be higher than any of the other players that have been mentioned here. With Judy, we haven't seen a lot. But, you know, the, the pairing with Russell Wilson and then Nathaniel Hackett coming down to to run that offense, I mean, who really knows what the Broncos target distribution is going to look like. But if Jerry Judy is any good, you know, he he could be on the way to being like the first receiver to get 160 Russell Wilson targets in a season, which would be super exciting. So I, I think DK is a higher floor option while still having a high ceiling. And it's reasonable to think you'd maybe want to keep him in 2023 as well. Judy is probably the ultimate home run pick out of what you have, but it could also be devastating to you if he doesn't end up being the primary pass catcher and then a 14 team league for you to spend your, your keeper selection on a player. That's not a difference maker. You, you would probably be right back here talking to us next year about a season that went wrong. So those, those are my two candidates. Um, Dave, I'm curious to see if you have the same two, and then I'll tell you what, who my pick would be if this was my roster.
1: Yeah. You know, I was going to try and make a case, um, for Antonio Gibson, but the fact that you only have to start one running back. Well, and actually I'm not even in love with Gibson. I guess I was going to try to see if I could make a case for a running back here just to make it interesting. Uh, but I think you definitely have to go with the wide receivers here. I think that Judy and DK are where I went. The key piece that came back to for me was the fact that you're only keeping one player here. There are seasons to consider in the future, given that I'm still kind of unsure of what Jerry Judy is. I thought he was good, but we haven't really seen that be able to fully hit. But I do know that DK Metcalf is very good. I do know that the situation could change there. And it's also possible that DK is good enough that he's able to make things work or sustain relevancy through a year or two. Of uh, you know, less than superior quarterback play, less than superior volume. Uh, so for me, that's why it felt weird to do it after the stat attack that I did. But I, I I'm still thinking that DK is the pick that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I, I'll go there as well. Um, yeah, I'll go there as well. Um, I think if if this reader slash uh question asker does not like the DK defense that we offered um he did mention Devontae or judy so if if you're saying guys you're crazy i'm not keeping a seattle seahawk uh that's part of their passing attack then you know the switzerland pick here is judy since all three of us uh, had him on our list
1: can i can i add one more element to this conversation too, uh curtis because i'm I'm wondering i go long
2: on every question you never have to ask permission to, to add something else yes
1: that's true what, what I wanted to throw in here, well, I'm going to kind of throw this question to you because you historically have been a big Tyler Lockett fan. Between Lockett and Metcalf and a change at quarterback and you think about the way that they play and the way that you would expect them to be used, who do you think is a more translatable wide receiver between quarterbacks? Metcalf and Lockett kind of said differently. Um, who do you think requires a more specific quarterback to succeed, Lockett or Metcalf?
2: Oh, I would say lock it. I yeah, mean, me uh, yeah, I would definitely say lock it because, um, you know, it's a, it's a downfield timing thing. He's moving all over the formation. Um, he's smaller to find on the field in general. Um, he's not going to be a red zone target, um, to, you know, he, he's more of the big play machine, whereas DK is also a big play machine. Um, but he can take a bubble screen to the house. He can also, you know, go up and get jump balls down in the end zone. So, you know, if I, like right now, like, I mean, as much as I've loved it, this it's really hard for me this year, Dave, because two of my favorite annual targets in every fantasy draft. <laughs> are Like I try to leave every draft with either Tyler Lockett or Jarvis Landry over yeah, the years. Yeah, yeah. And right now I can't touch either one of them and it just hurt. Like it cuts me all the way to the bone. Like it, it really sucks. Um, but that's, you know, you know it's tough, man. It's tough. Um, wh- what I would say is also if you look at, um, if you look at the uh, AYA um tool for just Drew Lock, like we can zero in on him, um, on the site, and just look at who his most effective battery mates have been, um, in his time in in Denver. We had Noah Fant uh, and Tim Patrick, um, with with you know receivers, uh, over eighty targets. Um, show up, you know, with and pretty pedestrian numbers. I mean, 7.23 and 7.75 AYA, uh, you know, the, to get really excited, you know, you want to be up over nine or really even into the double digits there. Uh, uh, sometimes is attainable on on high target volume. But Cortland Sutton, um, just 6.05. Jerry Judy, 5.79. I would certainly say that Lockett is more of that Jerry Judy type player uh, and of the guys that we we've seen mentioned here, I mean, perhaps Fant uh, coming over to Seattle, maybe that's something we should take note of. That was the most effective battery mate with lock. So bringing that familiar face over in that trade was probably smart, but Tim Patrick's a bigger guy, uh, as well, uh, you know, versus what we see with Judy. So, um, I don't know, just what, not necessarily that that's extremely translatable, but, just looking at the type of receiver he's he's gelled with a little bit more, it seems that you know, he prefers the bigger targets.
1: Right, and, and, and you outlined there what I was expecting to hear. Um, so I, I think that also might be something to keep in mind as you're considering Metcalf in the context of Seattle in 2022. Moving along, this question comes in from Keanu. Hey guys, fairly new to listening to the pod, but I've been a Rotovis sub for over a year. Love all the content and great work. Appreciate that. Had a really interesting offer sent to me in a TriFlex dynasty league. I had traded up during the startup to get both Burrow and Kyler as my QB is very nice. Now we have finished, uh, received an offer as follows. Pitts, Sam Howell, and Matt Corral straight up for Kyler. Don't have a 23rd, first, or second. Only other quarterback on roster is Mitch Trubisky. And tight end rostered are Kemet um, and Tanyan. Keep up the great work, Keanu. Um, So to rehash that question, um, he has been offered uh, Pitts, Sam Howell and Corral for Kyler Murray with Kyler Murray and Burrow currently being his quarterbacks.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Nah, man, you can't do this. Um you can't like if if all three players hit, you could get a value return. But I mean, we're we're talking about trading a top five super flex I mean, we're talking tri Triflex Dynasty League. This is a super flex format. And Kyler's a top five startup pick there. Um, and to trade him for a tight end and a day two and a day three quarterback. It's just not, I mean, this is very far from being an even up deal for you. So I understand the appeal of wanting to try to find like a third quarterback that could, you know, really help you. But I think you're going to be much better served just starting a non-quarterback in your super flex, flex spot than making this type of deal. If you want to divest from Kyler, I mean, I would recommend that you do it with like the Trevor Lawrence manager or the Tua manager, you know, something like that, go get a, a quarterback with a little bit of experience under his belt that could be taking that year two or year three leap. I would look for that before I would look for, you know, one of these quarterbacks that didn't hit draft capital. Um, well, I mean, it's not even just the quarterbacks that didn't hit draft capital. Cause I would not consider moving Kyler in a deal for Kenny Pickett either. So like 2022 quarterbacks are not part of the offers for, for your blue chip quarterback, right. you got to aim higher, man, right.
1: because none of these players profile to me as the type of quarterbacks that you're going to want in a super flex league, uh, at which point you're really almost making this move from uh, Kyler to Pitts and another like, I I don't think that this gets the value that you need back into your team. And like Curtis said, if you're going to try to move Kyler, I think you can get a much better haul than this collection of players.
2: Yeah. I mean, think about this, man, like break this down into, to different, you know, break this down even other ways. Maybe something would resonate with, with listeners that, um, you're trying to get like a calculation on this. You're talking about trading Kyler for Kyle Pitts plus a rookie second and a rookie third. Like it's just not right. You know, if you're, if you're looking at this in the context of a startup, you know, Kyle Pitts is often going to go uh, in the, the early to mid second round, sometimes he's a, a, a very late first round pick, but to trade up from that area to the top five to select Kyler, you're not only moving up in the first round of the startup, you're moving up one to even potentially two tiers for most players. Uh, for most dynasty players, I, I mean, this is, this is like a guaranteed early first apart, like, it would need to be Pitts plus Brees Hall <laughs> to consider, like in yeah. in terms of like players this year to consider making a, a move like this. But um, yeah, if you're looking to strengthen that roster, I would, I and you want to do it by selling a QB. Um, I would dangle both Kyler and Burrow, but look to move to a player with a little bit more of an established floor, similar uh, ceiling or even higher ceiling, and then um, also you know get those position players. So maybe the structure of a one for three could work for you. In some cases, this just isn't the right one.
1: Yeah. and also because it's very likely, I think, that none of those quarterbacks ever to come fruition as the type of player that you're ever going to be able to use. Like I'd like to say that with Corral, but you know, there's still yeah. a jury
2: out. Sean, yeah, Sean and I Sean and I have been having this debate. We've got our uh our FFPC uh pros versus Joes Dynasty league that we're in. And um, you know, we made a move earlier this offseason to get Uh, Devontae Adams, and so we didn't have our first-round pick. We had a second. We kind of traded back a couple times. And our quarterbacks here are Dak Prescott and Jimmy Garoppolo. So we're in a spot where we're not even in as good a shape as you are with Burrow and Kyler. We're looking for that extra QB. We actually did trade back twice and then took Matt Corral in the later stages of the second over players that we typically would prefer to him. Because if there is a quarterback from the third round uh, of the reality NFL draft this year that could be, uh, could give us that Russell Wilson type hit uh, from the, from round three. I think it probably is Corral when you look at his body work in college, but it's just so rare for those third round reality NFL draft picks to hit as long-term starters. I mean, you're talking about a, you know, a top 5% type outcome for Matt Corral to be a multi-year starter going that late in the NFL draft. So, it, it's definitely, it's not even a flip of a coin. It's, I mean, you know, you're rubbing two wet sticks together, hoping to start fire.
1: <laughs> yeah. Also, I could just go right now into a long tangent about how, um, you know, how in love I was with Russell Wilson coming out of school and just like how upset I was at him not going higher. Uh, but we're going to move on from that. Um. So we have a question coming in from Jason. Uh, hey, guys, I love the show. I want to get your thoughts on my dynasty roster and what moves I could make to get my team into championship contention this year. Just barely missed the playoffs the last two years. I don't want to waste too many prime Jonathan Taylor years. Settings, 14 teams, one QBR, PPR, no tight end premium, 24 roster spots, one start, one QB, two running back, two wide receiver. Oh, wait, sorry. Um, I think it's one quarterback, two running back, Two wide receiver, three flex, one tight end at quarterback. He has Russell Wilson, Taysom Hill, running backs, Jonathan Taylor, Devin Singletary, Ronald Jones, Naheem Hines. Um, I'm not going to read off the rest. Uh, wide receiver, CeeDee Lamb, Deontay Johnson, Kirk, Juju, Rondell Moore, Robbie Anderson, Lavisca Chanel, Allen Lazar, Diami Brown, KJ Hamler. Tight ends, Hawkinson, Everett, Brevin Jordan, Tommy Tremble, Picks, 2022 202 and 214 all natural picks in future years feel like he's two pieces away from having a contender a lot of middle of the road wide receivers could use another solid wide receiver should i try to package picks plus wide receivers for a veteran wide receiver try to move up from the 202 into the first round um this question came in seven days ago so this you know might not be super applicable to him now but we will still answer um because i think it's a good exercise the 105 and 110 have expressed interest in moving their picks, leaning towards trying to get the 105 and hoping Drake slash Jameson slash Traon is there. Uh, appreciate the help. All right, Curtis, I, I let's let's remove the rookie piece consideration right now. Let's just talk about when you look at this roster, where you think the things that need to be addressed are.
2: Well, the the things that it has going for it, um, you have some you have a positional advantage at your number one position spot at each of your, you know, at each position. So it's a 14-team it's a league, even though it's only one QB, starting Russell Wilson in a 14-team league is probably going to be a little bit of an advantage uh, over maybe a third of the teams. Starting Jonathan Taylor is a huge advantage uh, in a 14-team league. Um, having a, a core at wide receiver one and two of CD lamb and Deontay Johnson, two potential wide receiver ones in a 14 team league is, is a huge advantage. And then having TJ Hawkinson, even though this isn't a tight end premium league. Um, and so that will hold him down a little bit. Cause I don't think that he has the natural touchdown upside of some, like it brings him closer to some of those uh, dart throw uh, type, you know, players like, uh, Oh, I don't know. Um, hunter henry and and those guys that can score double digit touchdowns on you know far fewer targets unfortunately for for you in this case um but you know still Hawkinson probably you know still a top eight receiver even in a non premium format uh even if things don't bounce right for him so you do have a great core of of high end assets here um and and you have some players in uncertain situations that really could could break out so i think the question is really more should should I be trying to move some of these veterans uh in a package, you know, try to trade three quarters for a dollar to move up in the rookie draft if 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 it was going to occur? Or do I sit tight and hope some of these players drop out and I or uh break out? And I I'm, I'm leaning more toward the latter. You know, you've got Christian Kirk, who's being paid to be the new alpha in Jacksonville. And we think that Trevor Lawrence is gonna be a good quarterback. We haven't given up on him, and he's got Doug Peterson there to hopefully rehab his career, you know. Christian Kirk could easily be a wide receiver three this season. And if you just get regular wide receiver three production from him, in addition to what CD and Deontay are giving you, that's great. Um, the table is set for Rondale to also potentially have, you know, wide receiver three type production, even if we figure that he's going to play second fiddle to to Marquise Brown, but Alan Lazard, Dave and I mentioned his name a couple of times the last couple of weeks. I mean, I think Alan Lazard you know, range of possible outcomes. He could be a high-end wide receiver too this year. Um, He also might just be what he's been (laughs) to this point in his career. If Christian Watson and, uh, you know, another mystery candidate, you know, either not on the roster or already on the roster, um, you know, Amari Rogers or somebody like that steps forward. But I like Lazard to to produce um, adequate fantasy production for you in a 14-team format. You have the Hail Mary play with KJ Hamler, and being tied to Russell Wilson now, I know you didn't draft those guys that way, uh, but now you have that pairing. Singletary, Rojo, um, you know, you'd know, you like to have a, a more reliable RB4 here, probably, but you only have to start um, two two running backs. So I think Taylor and Singletary is fine. I don't know. I, I agree that you're probably two players away from being like the paper champion. In this league, like being so strong that everyone's like worried and they're going to trade their players away because they don't think it compete with you. But I actually think this team could win a title without doing anything else at all. Um, and so I think at the time that you wrote this, you had the two hundred two and the two fourteen. The two hundred two would be pick sixteen overall. You mentioned David Bell. I would love that pick for this team here. And you know, at the two fourteen, you could be ta- uh, targeting a back like a Tyler Algier, like a Damian Pierce. Um, if, if those guys are gone, even maybe somebody like, uh, uh, going a little early on Pierre strong or somebody like that, I think to give a little bit of additional upside to that running back core. So I, I wouldn't panic at all with what you've got here. Oh, I didn't even mention Juju Dave. Right. Um, so yeah, there's, there's, there's plenty of speculative plays here. Uh, just be patient, man. Let's see what you have like by week five.
1: Yeah. You know, the thing that I was going to say was in just about every dynasty team you're going to look at, there's going to be something that you look at and you feel like, oh man, like I really need to improve that. In this case, maybe he's looking, and he's seeing, like, oh, I really wish I could improve running back. No matter how you do it, it's going to be very, very difficult to have a squad you can look at and not see any holes. So I think you make a good point there, Curtis, about not like panicking, not trying to get too far ahead of yourself. Um, you know, one possibility, Curtis, what what would you think if if um You know, this listener was wondering about trying to make a very small incremental move, maybe to get a player that's a backup running back right now for his team, but would have a chance to be a big producer or something to happen to the back in front of him. Do you think he even needs to explore anything like that? Or are we really just sitting completely pat? Because I know people are afraid to sit completely pat.
2: Yeah, they they are. Uh, But you wouldn't be sitting pat because you are going to make those second round picks. Yep. Um, which I think is, you know, investing in the rookie draft is not staying pat. I mean, if 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 you take those picks seriously and you could even trade around, um, you're not, you know, you're not being lazy. Um, to to get a, a team back up that really had the upside, you're pr- in a 14-team league, you're probably talking about having to give up that 202. Um, you know, that 202 might get you somebody like uh, Tony Pollard. Um, if you want to go later, you know, maybe a third round or even that two fourteen could still get you Daryl Henderson or somebody like that, um, or a third round pick. Maybe could get Rashad Penny. You know, I, I don't necessarily hate the idea of doing that, but I would almost rather just use your later picks on on the rookies and see how it shakes out. Again, you could start almost anyone at RB two with Jonathan Taylor at your RB one, yeah. and still come out ahead in most of your yeah. matchups. I think I do not think lack of a high-end RB two would be what would hold this team back. Because really, differentiating running back production in twenty twenty two, you know, I'm not sure that there's going to be six or seven guys that are separated from the field by six, eight, ten points per game. If there's going to be those big guys to separate, are going to be potentially Taylor, potentially CMC, and then something super exciting like a fully unlocked Javante Williams with Melvin Gordon getting injured or a fully unlocked DeAndre Swift or uh, an early unlock on Brees Hall. You know, maybe we get a third or fourth guy in there. But any of those guys that you would trade for as back-end RB1s or high-end RB2s, it's just probably not actually giving you the punch. It just makes you feel better when you set your lineup. Um, Yeah, I I, yeah. I don't know. I, i'm glad that I'm glad that Jason is grinding this roster in May. um and I'm gonna really be pulling for for this roster because there's enough players here at wide receiver that you have that could potentially break out uh, that I, I think all the elements are here. Um, and it, and I guess a bailout plan would potentially be, you know, if you wanted to just trade one of those speculative receivers for a running back in the range that we were talking about rather than giving up a rookie pick. Trading Rondale, uh, trading Juju, um, those are probably easier to move than Christian Kirk, because uh, I think that he's got the Jacksonville stigma tied to him there. But, you know, maybe pedal the Juju, uh, pedal Juju to the Mahomes manager, pedal Rondale to the Kyler manager, and you know maybe you can find something there, and then you can wait on either Lazard or Kirk to break out and and having you know transition one of those assets into a running back.
1: All right, we have to bring up. Uh, again and again, because you made one point in there that I loved, that I think we should we should mention, you know, a lot on the show as we go forward. About you know, on paper, sometimes having that like stronger RB two can feel like something important, but lots of times those are players that you don't even really know what's going to happen, and it, like it hasn't really made your team that much stronger. So that's a super interesting point. Uh, we could contextualize that or express it a little bit better. I could. I thought you made it very well, or you put it very well when you actually said it. So I just wanted to mention that. I think that's all we have for today though, Curtis.
2: Yeah, I think it was, uh, it was breathing in this vanilla tobacco candle for the last 30 minutes of our chat here that it really gave me the clarity of thought that I needed to bring that one home.
1: Thank you for listening to the roto Fantasy Football Show. Send us questions at rvffshow at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at DaveKabenFF and at CPatrickNFL. Leave us a voicemail at 978-615-9214 and make sure to rate, review, and subscribe.